Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to today's message. I'm telling you something, and I always say this every week. We are here to help you enjoy life to its fullest. You know, it's amazing how many people think that uh, there's something evil about having a good life. There's something evil about succeeding or even being prosperous. And, 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 and the sad thing is, you know, broke people. And, 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 you know, I've struggled with poverty in the early half of my life. I struggle with lack. I struggle with po- poverty. So don't, you know, don't get offended over this if you're sitting there and you're broke. But one of the things I came to realize, and it had a lot to do with me coming out of lack, was that as long as I was broke, I really had very little capacity to help other people. You know, when my kids were young, I'm telling you, I I worked from daylight to dark and past dark to get out and try to make a living and and pay the bills and pay all the hospital bills I had, all of those those kinds of things. And yeah, yeah, I I witnessed to people and, and won people to Jesus during that period of time. And I'm sure a lot of you are are ministering to people. But the truth is, man, we get so, so pressured into just trying to make ends meet that the real truth is we don't, we don't have much left for, for the rest of the world. Now, one of the things that you will find is that living a great life really works from the serendipitous principle. Now, in serendipity, and here's the way I explain serendipity. You can look it up. The actual definition of the word may be slightly different. But in, in real life, serendipity is where you are walking a path, and along that pathway, you find things that you need or desire that you weren't really seeking. You were, you were walking that path for a different reason. So uh, you have to understand, then, many people who condemn having a good life, a prosperous life, a successful life, they condemn it in a somewhat legitimate way because in their minds, they're, they're saying the person that is pursuing those things will, will become corrupt. And uh, really, Jesus qualifies this way. He said the person who puts their trust in, in wealth or puts their trust in monetary things, that's the person that gets corrupted. So, but the person who is seeking God first, seeking the kingdom of God first, that person is walking a path and they're, they're not seeking all of these good things. And, and it's such a paradox because you know that if you seek this path, that you will find all of these things that, you know, it's even, and we'll talk about this more and more in this series, but stop and think. You know, uh, Jesus told us not to be like the pagans and not to spend all of our prayer time praying for God to meet our needs. God knows that you have, that you have these needs. He's going to take care of it. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things you need will be added to you. Now, these things being added to you, they're not payments 
for you seeking righteousness. All of these things being added to you are actually just that serendipitous principle. This is what you find as you walk this path, seeking first the kingdom of God and, and his righteousness. And I, I know this just sounds like too, too good to be true, too easy to be true. It is, it is not. You know, we need to believe that Jesus meant what he said when I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Now, obviously, there's a lot of people who want to say, oh, he was just talking about spiritual life being abundant. No, he wasn't. He was talking about every aspect of life. You have no basis for making that claim that he only wanted you to have a good spiritual life. But I tell you what you do have, you do have from the book of Genesis forward, you do have some of the most influential people in all of the earth actually being quite wealthy. Now, I'm not here to preach a message about wealth today. I'm actually here to help you understand this journey uh, that Jesus taught us about and how on this journey we use what he called the keys of the kingdom. So, so you know, if you haven't listened to last week's message, you, want, you might want to go back and listen to it. And, uh, uh, but if you're listening for today, kind of hang on. One of the things I always do, I like to lay a good biblical foundation for something before we, before we get into the depth of it. Because if you don't have a biblical foundation, number one, you have no reason to believe it. Number two, if you don't have a good biblical foundation, then you're always going to be confused. And, and you're always going to have uh, religious people pulling out verses out of context and, and, and you'll think, oh, no, man, I, I, I'm off track. I'm, I, you know, I'm, not really, I'm not really going where I need to be going with this. So, so we're going to lay a good foundation. You know, today, today I'm talking to you about what I call hitting the mark. Uh, you know, throughout my entire ministry life, I have focused on what, from a biblical perspective, what we call, we call human behavior. Now, I understand if you study human behavior, behavior outside of a biblical context, you're going, to, you're going to reach a lot of different conclusions. But uh, I want to understand how to minister to people. I want to understand how to help people move into their life goals. But I want people to learn how to do that while they're walking with God. You know, the, the, the Bible tells us that a that we should raise up a child and the way he should go when he's old, he shall not depart from it. And, you know, we've got this definition of that, uh, of that, or we've got this interpretation of that that says, you know, if you'll just raise your kid and make him do right when he's young, even though he may backslide and get off track, when he's old, he'll finally come back. Uh, that's not so much really what that Bible says. You know, the Amplified Bible is a little closer to what it says in the Hebrew language than the King James is. The Amplified Bible says, raise up a child according to their particular bent. And when they're old, they will not depart from, depart from it. Now, you say, well, well what's the difference? Here, here's the difference. The difference is, as parents, we need to understand and listen to our children and what they want to do with, our, with their lives. Then, we want to show them how walking with God, they can live that dream and never lose their connection to God. Because we don't teach people the connection between living our dreams and fulfilling God's you know, passions, uh, we don't see that connection. So many people end up pursuing their, their dreams and destroying any connection that they have with God. So I always want to help people. I want you to live your dreams in a way that you walk with God, 
you fulfill your purposes within his purposes. You know, when I was a pastor uh, of a local congregation, one of the things that I, I would always tell people, I'd always tell people, you know, you only need to be in my church. And I, I'll say this to our cyber church family, because we have, we have tens of thousands of people all over the world that, that this pretty much is their church because they're not in places where they can go to church, not in places where they can hear a message that encourages them. I've never asked a person to give up their personal dream, their personal vision in order to fulfill my vision. Now, I am not trying to criticize anybody because uh, I don't know what people mean when they say some of the things they say. But I can tell you this, when I walk into a church and the first, when they start hammering me to join their church and fulfill their vision, I get a little nervous because I want to know, what do you mean? Do you mean give up my vision so I can help you fulfill your vision? Give up my dream so I can help you fulfill your dream? No, not, not so much. I'm, I'm not going to be unfaithful to God. I'm not going to be unfaithful to my own dreams uh, and my own calling in order for you to fulfill your calling. And unfortunately, too many times, uh, pastors think it is legitimate to ask people to give up their dreams for the church. Now, again, I, and there's great churches that don't do that, so do not put all churches in that category. But here is, like I say, I would always tell people is like, if, if you can fulfill your vision inside of our vision, then this could be the right place for you. In other words, I, I, I know that people lose motivation. I know that people lose passion if, in fact, they ever have to give up their vision. Because the moment a person gives up their, their vision, their dream, their sense of calling or destiny, then, then they are going to be seeking to please those people that they are serving because they're not serving God anymore. They're now serving that pastor, that elder, that person that has, that has imposed another vision upon them. And I got news for you. That, that's not easy in life. That doesn't fit into the biblical criteria of living in the kingdom of God. You know, living in the kingdom of God is, is pretty much all that Jesus taught about. Jesus' whole ministry was to take everything that God really tried to do through Israel and he turns it into a personal situation where even though we don't have a, a nation as a whole that uh, is, is, is seeking to live as the kingdom of God, we do have the church, the body of Christ. Now, when I say the church, I am not talking about the corporate church. I'm talking about the church, the spiritual body of Christ that we are a part of. But the real truth is we can't, as the church, as the corporate church, we cannot impose the kingdom of God on anybody. We can't impose Jesus' teaching on anybody. But we can all individually enter into the kingdom of God. Now, if you've read my book, Heaven on Earth, then you understand that the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are, they're not exactly synonymous, but they are a continuum. The kingdom of God is where we surrender ourselves to the lordship of Jesus. In other words, he becomes our king. Something happens in our heart that opens up the eyes of our heart. We get born again and we have the capacity to perceive that there is a kingdom. We have the capacity to realize uh, that there is a door to the kingdom and we have the understanding of how to pass through that door. Well, that door is your heart. And the heart is a door. It's a portal 
into another realm, and that realm is called the kingdom of God. The Bible, Jesus himself said the kingdom is within. It does not come by outward uh, observation. And, and, and the Hebrew language itself teaches us that, that connecting with God through our heart is actually the, the step that takes us to the portal. To, uh, in the Hebrew alphabet, it's the letter Dalit. And the Dalit is a door. It's a portal. It's an opening. It takes us into another realm. And then that takes us to the presence of God, which is the Hebrew letter Hey, where, where we connect to God personally and something happens in our life because of, 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 of what's going on in our heart. And once we enter into that realm called the kingdom of God, then we have access to free access to uh, all the resources of God. And that's what heaven is. The kingdom of heaven is the place, the realm where because God reigns, all of his resources are available to us in that realm. So the reality of it is Jesus, who said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the fullest in John 10, 10, uh, that's what he's doing when he's teaching us about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. He's talking about, he's talking about entering into an internal realm or actually entering internally to a spiritual realm wherein we see, perceive, and enjoy access to all of the resources of God. Now, but not everybody believes that. See, not everybody believes that God is good and only good. Not everybody believes that Jesus wants us to live this quality of life. Not everybody believes the biblical teachings uh, about the children of Israel and the promises of God where he was trying to bring them into a land of milk and honey. He was, he was wanting them to rest from their labors of war and struggle and, and, and defending themselves against other nations and come into a place of rest. And that place of rest is where they, they ceased from their own labors and they lived in a realm of provision that was, that was more than they could produce. Like I say, they lived, the Bible says they lived in houses they didn't build, they ate from vineyards that they did not plant. There was milk and honey. And, and that's, that's the type of what God wants you to enter into when you enter into the kingdom of God. So, you know, check it out. Get my book, Heaven on Earth. I'm telling you, it's incredible. It's an incredible starting place. And uh, as a matter of fact, one of the things that we're, going to, we're doing, uh, we're going to pop up a special offer for you. We're going to offer you a bundle that, man, I, I'm, calling it the, I'm calling it the kingdom bundle because it's going, to, it's going to take you all through every process of the kingdom of God, uh, how, how to use the, the keys of the kingdom, how to have a prayer life that involves the keys of the kingdom, how to pray the way that Jesus taught you to pray instead of just making your prayer life one long list of complaints and begging for crumbs. And that's, that's, not, that's not where God wants you to be. But in this message today, one of the things I'm wanting to do is I'm wanting to ask you, uh, what is your vision for life? You know, Proverbs 19, 18 in the King James Version says, where there is no vision, uh, the people perish. Now, that word vision, according to the Hebrew language, could be a vision from God where you, you know, where you have an encounter with God. He shows you something in another realm. Or it could be 
your own personal mental vision. You, you know, you have a clear mental picture of somewhere you want to go or, or what you want to accomplish. Now, one translation says that if you don't have a vision, you cast off restraints. One translation says if you don't have a vision, you run naked, you know. Uh, uh, but the point is, when, when there's no vision, no clear-cut vision, you actually, you actually lose your sense of boundaries. You, you, you have no internal sense of direction. You, you, have the, you have no motivation. You have no internal motivation. Something that wakes you up, keeps you going, keeps you, you know, walking the path. But, but he, here's one of the biggest things is if you don't, if you don't have a vision, you, you cannot, and, and based on what your vision is, you might not, if you're not walking the path, if your vision is not to walk a certain path, a godly path, a path of righteousness is what the Bible calls it. Book of Proverbs says in the path of righteousness, there's life and no death. That's why Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All of these things that you're praying about and struggling for, all these things will be added to you. Added, not earned. You're not, you're not getting payment for walking this path. You're not getting payment for living righteous. You're just walking the path wherein you find these things. You know, when I was a kid, we played in the woods all the time. Our, our little tiny house was was right on the edge of the woods and, and my brother and sister and all of our friends, I'm telling you, every day we were in those woods running wild, fishing, uh, you know, jumping in the creek, catching crawdads to use for bait. Uh, and so we, we just we just had this, I, I think it was an incredible life. We were poor as dirt, but boy, we, we had fun running up down those creek banks. Well, one of the, one of the interesting things was we, there were paths, you know, that we wore into, into the grass going through these woods. And along this pathway, you had blackberries. And so, you know, we would play in the woods. We, we're going down this path that we go in and go down there to play in the woods. And, and if we just keep walking that path, we know we're going to come up on some blackberries. We know if you keep walking this path, you're going to come up on some honeysuckles. Now, many of you may not be old enough or you may not have lived out in a rural area where you pull out honeysuckles and, and it's like eating candy. You pull the little center stem out and, there, man, there is a sweet, sweet nectar on there. So along this path, we had all these different kinds of things that, that were fun, they were a benefit, they were beneficial. You know, there was a place along this path where on a hot summer day, we'd strip down and jump into the creek, go swimming in the creek, you know, and cool off. And then we'd get out and keep walking the path. And you know what? That's the way the path of righteousness is. There's all kinds of things along this path that they are not things you're living for. They are not things you're necessarily seeking, but there are things that based on the Word of God, you know you'll find along the way. You don't have to try to find them. You know, I, I've shared this before. And this may seem just so carnal, but, uh, uh, but you know, it's, it's, it's amazing how God wants to fulfill your desires, not, not just your needs. He doesn't, he, you know, he's not like the government. You know, you know I, I, I've talked to people who, who, who are, are veterans or who are disabled 
or, or, or other people who, who are to the place to where they're having to rely on the government or where they're having to rely on Social Security or something. It's like, you know, uh, the government never wants you to have enough money to be independent of them. So they keep you at starva near starvation levels so that they can continue to control you. God's not like that. God is not trying to keep you just limited to just barely get by. God wants you to have it all. He wants you, he wants you to have unlimited resources. He wants you to live a life that is spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially abundant in every, in, in, in all of these dimensions. So, so Jesus has, has called us to walk this path. Now, in my life, you know, when, when I, I, I'm going to show you a simple example that I could probably repeat 10 or 20 stories like this, but it, this is nothing spiritual. This, this is not a big deal. Well, I'll tell you one that's real simple. I'll tell you one that is very spiritual. You know, when I gave my life to the Lord, I, you know, my main source of income was playing music in, in bars. And, of course, I dealt drugs a little bit on the side. And so, um, uh, you know, I, I wasn't going to continue in that lifestyle. So, man, I lost, I lost all of my ability to make a living. And it was really hard to get a job. You know, I, I, I dug ditches. I, you know, I... I I would go to the uh, employment office every day and a truck would pull up there and, and, and they would pick out people to go just do the worst kind of labor in the world. You know, I, I did whatever I could to pay the bills and uh, 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 have, you know, have a little bit to eat. And so uh, I had a really valuable guitar. It was like a 1954 uh, Les Paul and uh, uh, ended up having to sell it and sold it for nothing, sold it for $225. And even back then, they were going for $1,500 to $2,000 uh, on the West Coast. I took $225. I sold my vehicle. So, so man, I was hoofing it. I was on my feet when I got saved. And uh, 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 <laughs> that even made it harder to get a job. But you know what? I sold that guitar. It was really interesting. I loved that guitar. And I never pr really prayed about it or tried to get another. I just said, God, you know, I enjoy this. Maybe one day, maybe one day you can bring, you know, put another one of these in my hands. Well, the long and the short of it, it was years, 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 years later. And I actually, I had done a kindness to someone, loaned them some money actually, and they didn't have the money to pay me. And they brought the identical guitar to me that I had sold. And um, uh, a, a friend of mine, Jimmy Bratcher, he, he took it for my birthday present one year and put pickups in it and hot-rodded it and put it all together for me. And man, just an incredible guitar. Now, I didn't ever seek that. I didn't ever, you know, I just, I just had that desire. It shows up in my life. I don't really pray for things very much. I won't just walk with God. I won't just get up and walk with God and find what I find as I'm walking that path. But I also, it's kind of a paradox, but I also know that I'll always have all my needs met. I always know that I'll always fulfill my desires. I always know that I'll have more than enough as I'm walking that path. I don't, don't really, really worry about that. You know, uh, uh, the book of Romans, chapter 3, 23 says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Man, a lot. If you know much about the glory of God, when, when Moses wanted to see the glory of God, God showed him his goodness. 
We fall short of how good God really is. We fall short of how merciful He is. We fall sh short of how kind He is. We fall short of, of, of the fact that He's long-suffering, He's kind. We fall short, and this word glory also gets in the concept, we fall short of the fact that God has a reality that is outside of this dimension. And that, and that as long as we hold on to our sense of reality, our view and our opinion is shaped by what we see and experience in this natural world that we cannot see. We can't go through that portal of our heart and enter into this realm where suddenly you realize, whoa, all the resources of God are right here for me. I'll tell you something, every, every major thing that's ever happened in my life happened serendipitously. You know, you, know, you know, my stepfather, many of you know my stepfather tried to kill me. And uh, man, we, you know, we were at war on and off all of our lives. But you know, my mother loved my stepfather. And uh, she told me one time that the only reason she stayed with him was because she knew nobody else would love him. And she knew if she gave up on him, he'd never find God, ever. And so, you know, I, I, I can remember just saying, Father, uh, I, I will not let him die until he gives his life to Jesus. My mother is not going to throw away her life for nothing. And you know what? I mean, I didn't just tear down heaven, but that was always in my heart, that, that he will not die without knowing the Lord. And you know what? The great thing was, years go by. You know, that, that, that's not the great thing. The great thing was that at the end of his life, I walked into a hospital room with him in a coma, and I called him out of that coma, and he came out of the coma, woke up, and I led him to Jesus because he knew he was getting ready to face eternity. I, you know, and my mother had peace you know, because of that. Those were not things that I was just absolutely seeking. But you say, well, how could you trust for those kinds of things? Because I know how good God is. I know uh, to some degree. I, I, mean, I don't know to the fullest extent, but God is good. That's the glory of God. Now listen, God has a goal for us. God wants us to walk with him. You know, when God called Abraham, and he, he repeats it more than once, he repeated it in Genesis 18, where, where he talks about uh, how Abraham will become a, a great mighty nation. All the nations of the earth will be blessed in him. Man, God has a goal. God has a goal that you become incredibly blessed and that through you, you influence other people's lives. See, the, it, the nation of Israel totally failed at God's purpose. God's purpose is I'm setting, and it started back here with Abraham, I'm setting you apart. I am setting you apart to become a great family, to become a great nation. I'm setting you apart to, like I said, remember, become a great nation, which happened with the nation of Israel. I am setting you apart that, uh, that you will be so blessed that through you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. You know, in the New Testament, we have this, this concept of, of God's love perfected or God's love completed. And, and in, the, in the Greek language, that's talking about something actually reaching its intended goal. Well, see, God's love for us it's not intended for us just to live in Canaan, just to live in the kingdom, just to take care of ourselves. It is, tended, it is intended for us to have such an incredible quality of life that we, in, flat, in fact, become the influencers. We are able to touch the lives of other people. And let me tell you something. 
Uh, you can have more than enough without getting stingy, without getting selfish. I don't have time to go into it today, but maybe, maybe next week we can talk about how the children of Israel misused their prosperity for selfish gain, and ultimately it's what brought about the fall of the nation. But you know, even Jesus said, said, look, go into all nations, Matthew 28, make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe all the things that I've commanded you. In other words, my purpose doesn't stop with you getting saved. My purpose doesn't stop with you having a great life. I want you to become infectious and I want you to influence everybody around you. But see, if that's not your goal, if that is not your goal, then you will never hit that target. You'll never be empowered to hit that target. You'll never have the capacity to hit that target. But I'm going to tell you something. When you make that your goal, I am going to live in this kingdom realm. I am going to enjoy the goodness of God. I'm going to discover and experience more and more about how great, glorious, good God is. And I'm going to pour that on the world up out around me. I got news for you. When that's the path that you walk, then you find everything you need on that path. And that will take you to ultimately using the keys of the kingdom, which we're going to get into. Listen, be sure and like this, make comments, ask questions, share it with other people, send it to people who you know to help. And I'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.